0: What are you talking about? I'm not at the video store. I'm in my apartment. I can see you, Carl. I'm outside the video store. Six dollars, please. Six? I just had it for one night. It's three. Eight o'clock's the cutoff, and oh, it's
1: 8.02. Well, this is the last time I rent here.
0: You'll be missed.
1: Quick, where are the Schwarzenegger films? Foreign films are in the back. Oh, well, It's a Fellini movie. So random. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were all out of this congeniality too, armed and fabulous.
0: Ah, friends, there is nothing that maybe cures your summer blues than than a conversation with a good friend, maybe. It's a rainy day here in Edmonton, and I am right in my home studio, and I like to have the windows open. So you may be hearing thunder. You won't hear the lightning, but you're definitely near the thunder uh, coming from outside my bedroom window. I am inside doing this, but it's a rainy day in Edmonton. And my guest today on Moving Radio is none other than, I guess would be, the Michelin star chef level guest that we ever have on this program. It is none other than the owner proprietor and employee of the month for the 3,924th month straight, none other than White Avenue's Beloved. Kevin Martin.
1: Oh uh, well, intro like that—that's that's far too kind, my friend. Although, in, in fairness, I think I may have lost that employee of the month once or twice to my good friend
0: Brian. <laughs> I, just- I I call that a tie, although Beaker will never say that.
1: No, no, he won't. But he definitely—you uh, know—he came through in the clutch for me last week for sure. So yeah, yeah. It actually makes me think. I'm like out of all this time we've done
0: this, like, am I the most? interviewed person by far i mean particularly if we go back let's go back in our history because we're gonna history is a very important part of today's conversation kevin martin if i go back into our history by far for sure particularly because i was weekly and then bi-weekly for a bit and i was like you know this is a good conversation to have so we were doing it almost like once a month i think at a certain point in time so that was like you know come down to the store have the old uh the old recorder from the station we'd hang out for a bit and then it's good to go so yeah it used to be very regular also i don't know if you know this the last time we spoke uh it was a little while ago and maybe i don't know what people found exciting about it but uh, you actually uh racked up infinitely more numbers when it comes to plays than any other guest I've ever had, I believe you're you're creeping up on 300 clicks on on hey, our uh, on our SoundCloud, which is insane. My average probably is more like 12 to 30. By the way, now I'm curious, what were we talking about? Was it going on a radio? <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. That was the last one that we did here, I think, was uh, Phantom of the Mall and Ticks. So there's oh. something about those two things. Right, people right. truly loved
1: the brilliant double feature for uh any any fan of b movie goodness i'll say
0: kev you i don't think are 18 but the store the lobby dvd shop on white avenue formerly underneath the daycare now just underneath a an empty space that's going to be rented out at some point eventually is 18 years old um does this blow your mind
1: yeah it, it does blow my mind as in where does the time go yeah like, i agree it's crazy i think like honestly i remember uh when we met the first first interview we and you ever did together i think we yeah. were holding dead fest I, I went to visit you at the university mm-hmm. camp, and uh you were dressed like the venture brothers and that was <laughs> year three of the store maybe you know like that's how long it's been so mm-hmm. I don't quite understand how we got where we are but we've reached the point my friend where the store being 18 me being much older than 18 there's no turning back now as in as far as a uh, a room uh, a painted uh, career opportunities I've painted myself into a corner and I have to accept that fact and go this is my room there's no escape now now we just got to keep this mammoth juggernaut of B-movie goodness going for better or for worse. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, for each year I've had the store, a video store has closed in this city. Yeah. I think there were probably 18 or maybe 30 or 40 video stores back when I opened up and uh, here we are. It's kind of bittersweet really.
0: Yeah. Well, I and mean, I know this is a conversation you've had with, many other people because every once in a while people be like what there's a video store here well we got to put you on cbc we got to put you on fill in the blank like whatever it is i mean that's all that stuff is cool and of course they're just like fascinated about it and trying to fill that eight minutes but one of the things that i'm kind of curious about that i don't think we've really talked about is that you know when you did start there was like competition and, and you were filling a niche and maybe that some stores kind of did, but not not as directly as you did. And now you have what is the polar opposite of it, of you are the last store standing at this point. Um, and, and things have evolved very, very significantly. Like what, what felt more intense, being the last person uh, left standing or being like, I got to compete with – you know the chain stores which are literally like four blocks away three blocks away
1: the thing is i I never looked at it like competing with the chain stores that was the whole goal
0: right so you you did beat the shit out of them
1: though oh baby that's funny because i'm still standing (laughs) it's interesting uh the the dichotomy between 18 years ago now movies the chain stores carried 18 years ago i had no interest in even remotely thinking about carrying them because what's the point Mm -hmm. i i be as, as niche and out there as possible and that was taught to me by uh, Chris Boboda, who obviously owned the location for a year before I took over. And uh, But then as time went on, and, and now being the last store, it's weird how I'm the guy bringing in movies like, oh, I don't know, Footloose, or um, not Titanic yet. I haven't reached that level. But, but, but like, your
0: number one seller of 2023 is? Spice World.
1: Yeah, you know, like So I'm bringing in these films that 10 years ago, they wouldn't even have hit my radar, but time goes on and something that was ridiculous and and really oversaturated and mainstream when I opened up now is become a cult movie in a weird way or a hard to find movie. And the, the streaming sites just aren't, you know, caring enough to show them or or even, uh, you know, bothering with them. So I'm like, well, at this point, you know, I get labeled as a horror movie store, and I understand why. Still 50% of the inventory is, but now I just want to be labeled as a, I can't find this on any streaming site. Let's go to Kev's store. He can find anything. And if he doesn't have it, he'll get it. And no matter how bizarre or very. Uh, anti me of the store itself would be i I just get obsessed with like wait you're telling me you can't find this movie anywhere no i can't kev well to be honest i have no personal interest in this movie at all i think it's garbage but you have intrigued me because you can't find it and i promise you i will bring it in so uh (laughs) yeah the store is turning into like more of like it's it's a challenge It, it is and um Obviously, with the streaming world now and, and, you know, we're reading in the news a little bit that certain big companies are coming to their wits end with physical media and maybe, you know, they're going to stop uh, producing it. That makes, uh, you know, hanging on to these items and, and, and collecting them and, and building up the uh, the inventory even more so important here at the shop. You know? In the end, it, it's it's not, you know, whether I could pay the bills that, that's going to keep me going or blah 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 it's like the minute they stop pressing physical media then 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 things get scary luckily there's enough awesome boutique labels out there that supply the store with sweetness that i think i think we're good for quite some time
0: like was that ever a fear that crossed your mind that you thought like oh no like they're going to st- they're going to stop because it's not financially viable anymore like did that that fear ever kind of creep into your head that it might happen because i think now there's such a saturation in the market of streaming um that maybe that that point has already been proven that it won't happen but did did that ever cross your mind
1: yeah absolutely i think it crossed my mind probably about four or five years ago during during the peak of it you know um Because I mean, you know, you think to yourself, there has to be a reason why all the other video stores closed. I mean, aside from they actually believe in making money, and I don't. It just they all just went away so quick, and and in such sudden that it was like, uh, guys, you know, maybe I'm the guy just switching these seats on the orchestra of the Titanic while everybody else is getting boats. They're the smart ones, but I don't know. epidemic uh, was going on i thought for sure this could be the death nail in the video store the opposite happened the store got busier because people were burning through their, their streaming sites and now as time has gone even more so there are more streaming sites and yet with all the uh other streaming sites i feel d- there's less to choose from and stuff is disappearing i think people are actually getting frustrated with uh, yeah, I saw this movie. What streaming site was on? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, there's there's like you know twenty plus of these sites now. Where you know we've talked about, of course, in the past, it's getting to the point where these streaming sites they should just you know turn into a nice bundle package and call themselves cable again because that's really what it's becoming. But uh, luckily, with uh, for as many streaming sites as there are, there's just an equally as many boutique physical media labels that. Are way more passionate about uh, um, you know keeping the, the these these forgotten movies or possibly forgotten movies in the limelight but giving them beautiful new releases and obviously the store is here to you know represent them front and front and center and, and you know make the, the public aware of the, of these movies again or for the first time so. There is a bonus now where 15, 18 years ago, I was just another video store like the other video stores where a customer would walk in like, oh, cool. It's another video store. Do you have this? No. OK, thanks. Anyways, I'll try one of the other video stores. Now, when they walk in, you're like, oh, my God, is this a video store? This is fascinating. I'll be right back. I have to bring my kids here and call some friends and let them know about it. You know, so it's a totally different vibe when people walk in here now because it's 2023.
0: And, and I think that's that's also interesting, too. I want to kind of like circle back a little bit as we speak with Kevin Martin, Martin uh, the owner proprietor of the Lobby DVD shop for 18 years as they just celebrated their anniversary in the last week or so, that this idea of the boutiques like I find that for myself, I'm buying far less. Of the larger films that I would, I would want to have. And I watch again and again. And I just found, I was like, I don't know that I need to have these anymore because they are at my fingertips. So what I've turned more towards is, is those things that there wouldn't be hundreds of on the shelf, right? Like, you know, like the Jerry Maguire thing, where there's like a bajillion of those tapes out there, right? You know, like I don't, I don't have any interest in that. So what I'm always looking for is oddities, uh, or maybe some things that are deeper cuts, or like you've said, like you know, imprints like uh, like CIP, Canadian Independent is it productions either way I like just like really odd weird stuff that i've got a chance to get a hold of do you feel like like that's really become the market now is it's all about the niche it, it definitely is
1: about the niche you're you, that company you mentioned i'm like you know they've opened well i think both of our eyes uh there was this plethora of canadian s- cinema from the 70s and 60s and even 80s that I'm like how have I never heard of this? You know, it's kind of like how, how a company like vinegar syndrome who, you know, four or five years ago was primarily known for just putting out adult films from back in the day. Now they're picking up these really barren unique genre films again from the eighties. And that I've never heard of, like I feel deep shame. The eighties was my decade. I'm like, my God, these guys are really deep diving. And, and not they just releasing these movies, they are giving them like 80 minute documentaries included. And, and serious deep cuts. It's great. But then there are the more, when I say contemporary classics, like let's say the nineties, you know, movies that the original studio distributors do not distribute anymore for one reason or another. So now you have these again, smaller boutique labels, like let's say umbrella entertainment, you know, last week, Larry Clark's kids uh, from 95, which has been out of print here for a, over a decade in North America, this gets a beautiful release with a brand new documentary. And and that's a hot seller or something like maybe the underappreciated uh, things to do in Denver when you're dead. You know, uh, a lot of people called it a Tarantino knockoff at the time, but it's a, it's 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 a fine nineties movie on its own. A company like imprint saves it and they give it this beautiful pricey release and new interviews with, you know, the actors and stuff. And, that's what people get excited for, uh, and, and and yeah, there's a, all the the ballyhoo. I mean, you know, I brought in probably the, the 20th reissue of Ninja Turtles from 1990, but this one comes in stinko vision, and mm-hmm. you get that sniff card with it, and an icon pops on your screen, and you got to scratch it, and whatever works works, and uh, people get excited for it, and you know it's not just people from our generation or our age like it's great to see the kids excited and um hey what can i say in the end i think people still like coming down and you know talking the talk and, and just uh, get their minds off whatever else going on in their lives and, and just you know nerding out with somebody for 20 minutes and you know hopefully they can help feed my cat while they're at it so god bless
0: yeah weekend at bernie's too now that's an hilarious premise huh. well cleopatra jones is really fun
1: Why don't you do Cleopatra Jones and Carrie? I think the two go really well
0: together. Just what you need, right here, boys? Best tape in the whole damn store. Smokey and the bandit. Hell merchants. Good choice. Yeah, it felt like there was a certain amount of time there where the box set was really just about, like, something that was much more visual You know what I mean? So you get, oh, I'm going to get Die Hard, so it's going to be Nakatomi Plaza. That's cool. Or the Simpsons characters' heads would be kind of like three-dimensional on the season of it. Do you know what I mean? So it seemed like studios were all about like, oh, it's got to be in the the design and look. And I think those things were cool, but now it just seems like every release, they put the money on the disc instead of it just looking kind of fancy, where it does have, you know, legitimate uh, extras to it, but you know, the case itself is, you know, my looking material. Think about like, you know, the, the Psycho Gorman one where you're getting a soundtrack, plus you're getting cards and it's limited edition. Like there's, there's so many things like that. Do you find that those collectors that were out there 10 to 15 years ago, or even 18 years ago, going back to the very beginning, is it the same people over and over again? Or do you feel like it's kind of gone the path of vinyl where it's like, it's just hardcore collectors. Like you're, you're, you're not getting a lot of people who are like you're like oh i just i, I like movies every once in a while it's it's usually addicts yeah. like myself yeah it's
1: funny though some of you go back to those original addicts i find like they're over the years from personal experience they're the kind of addicts that they kick the habit for a couple years then it's a one in particular title that reels them back into the shop like hey kev i heard blah 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 is getting this new release uh man i stopped buying movies a while ago but i think i really want this one and then they'll buy that one but then they are right back on the gravy train with the biscuit wheels and they're in here like every two weeks buying and buying because i'm like because you know i'm all all stealthy and and using jedi mind powers like oh hey by the way you know every monday i post my new movie list on my website you check it out see if anything jumps out of you once once i get kind of hooked on it like I'm sure I've told you in the past. So I, I put up my new my new film list every Monday on my website and I post it, yeah, usually around supper time. Literally, once that sucker goes up, I wait maybe about two minutes and my phone just starts meh, meh, meh. I mean, you know, a good buddy of yours, Sean, he's one of the first guys to message me immediately. You know, like, yeah, buddy, this, this. with a big exclamation mark please, thank you very much. I'm pretty sure I got customers that become so obsessed with the collecting uh of the cool uh awesome editions that there's no way they're watching these at the same moderation they are buying them like I'm picturing half of my clientele with like 500 sealed movies just sitting on their shelf like that's their retirement plan they'll have finally have time to watch it when they retire you know because it's just not possible but the, the greatest thing is it's uh you know I've, I've said this many times what what gives what keeps me smiling gives me hope is it's not just people that grew up during the physical media generation. Now it's all the young kids. And I don't know if it's their parents telling them about it or they just find the artwork fascinating or, or they just are collectors themselves. But uh, you know, the, the next generation is proudly, I got to say, they're stepping up to bat and supporting the old video store. And it must be really, really odd for them to come in here because they weren't around when there were so many uh, of shops and so much ones. So. To them, it's it's probably like a, they're still coming down.
0: You know, what's interesting, too, is that I don't know. I think there is an element of this, of course, on a secondary market of of whatever you had. I mean, we saw even like 10 years ago where there were certain VHS tapes that were just like holy grails and they'd be going for hundreds of dollars. And VHS 10 years ago was thought of as being even more obsolete than it probably is now. Yeah. Um, do you, I don't think that this is like a market where it's like people are buying stuff from you and flipping it. Like when comics all of a sudden got chic or even records right now, you're finding a lot of people will go immediately to be like, OK, how much is this worth online? And They're looking to see like what they can flip it for online. Do, do you feel like that's maybe the difference here is that you yeah. know people that you get by them, they actually are invested in watching it?
1: absolutely these are these are like they're, they're genuine fans of the product they're not doing it. you know actually that thought never even crossed my mind until you just brought it up and now that you mention it i'm like no i don't know maybe one out of 100 people that comes here maybe that was their thought process but as far as i i, I talking with, with people that are, are you know renting or buying here no they're they're just doing it for the love of the movie for sure you know, even if they own this movie ten times over, it doesn't matter. This is a new edition with a new bonus, whatever on it. And um, you know, that's the big selling point. It's like you said earlier, where ten years ago the studios were more obsessed with the, the look and the packaging of the physical media, but now it's all about the content because the one thing physical copies, especially the ones that are 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 thrown with so much extra stuff on it, the way they can compete against streaming sites is yeah, you can watch the movie on a streaming site, but generally uh, maybe the criterion channel i think there's the bonus stuff but for the most part you're not getting the docs you're not getting the commentary you're not getting deleted this and deleted that and you know and that that's the cool thing that, that and, and and the 40 page booklet or whatever that's what people want so no i i think the people that come through here they're, they're just passionate about the the genre the product and and in the end movie nerds i i don't think the idea of flipping it has crossed their mind at all they just love cinema baby
0: well I think that's the key too is that there's a certain relationship that happens with this kind of stuff right so you you get people who are buying something that they'd seen before but they keep it and they want to revisit it time and time again um and I just I just don't know uh, that that always happens right with streaming sites because everything is so to be like packaged and monetized like to be honest with you I watch some of that extra stuff on a Disney plus for some mm-hmm. of the Marvel films, but it feels so finely curated that it doesn't <laughs> really tell the full story of the film when it could. And I think that's what a lot of these companies do, right? Is they really they treat it with respect, and once some time has passed, they can really get into you know so much about it. Like God, that what was it? Invaluable that that yeah. doc I just bought. i was <laughs> oh, really? like, it is literally like. Three quarters of my life has been spent with Evil Dead, and I just bought a brand new documentary that has two documentaries about people involved in that film. And I just, you know, that that's mind blowing to me that there there's that much of an appetite. And I'm one of those guys. I'm the idiot watching it. So,
1: oh no, I mean nothing wrong with that. I watched it right away too. I mean, you know, I doubt. Like I said, we well, obviously we're talking about this just recently. That was the week of like places like the Robert England doc was fantastic too. And like, you know, how much more do I actually, it wasn't even the Freddy stuff. Like I was telling you, it's about everything else he did in his career. And like, what a great doc. Yeah. But, but you're right. It's just like, how many more evil dead products do I need? How much more is there really to learn? Well, you know what? They always find a way to teach you more. And, and, and they're, they're pretty, they're they're pretty gritty docs too. You know, it's uh like you said, it's not like the Disney produced Marvel ones, you know? And, and honestly, like, Not a big fan of like when the doc comes out right away when the movie like, you know, with the Marvel stuff, because it it just seems more like another commercial to promote the movie rather than a genuine documentary about this is how it was made. That's why I think, like you said, sometimes you got to wait a few years and then and then it's a look back kind of documentary, which are like more honest. And uh, so let me tell you what really happened on Cannibal Holocaust, you know, that kind of thing, right? You know, for whatever reason, people have their their different passions of why they come to the store and what movies they're into. Whether it's Spice World, or getting the newest edition of I don't know Showgirls, or you know, buying like you said another Evil Dead product to put with your other twenty eight Evil Dead products on your shelf because gotta have
0: all. So I do feel like uh, a a bit of a Pokemon addict at that point where I got to catch them all. That's for sure. (laughs) We're speaking on zoom today with uh, our good friend, Kevin Martin. We're discussing the 18th anniversary of the lobby DVD shop. Um, I think this is an oddity, not just in this city because you're the last one left, the last video store, but uh, other big markets have had this issue and that's what we're going to kind of get into as well. So Kevin, you've seen places like Black Dog Video out in uh, Vancouver and some other people that you've even met, you know, kind of on the road, traveling and doing some other documentary stuff of other store owners and just how difficult it's been. Tell me a little bit about that as you kind of, you know, navigate through some uncharted waters of what happens when, you know, you you start to become the only person. And you also see uh, many soldiers in larger communities larger centers uh feeling like they cannot survive what's what's maybe you know one of the keys for you that that helps it keep it going what do you find works best for you
1: well for me i mean obviously you have to be passionate about it you can't do it as um uh a money reason i mean obviously you like you know i was i joke about all the time the store does not make money that's why i still have a second job to uh you know live um if you're not passionate about it it ain't gonna if it ain't gonna work out also there's a lot of luck too like you know the the reason a lot of stores let's say in montreal like montreal you think montreal would have video stores for sure I, i was talking to a gentleman he says there's one or two back but last time i was there they had no video stores they were all gone but maybe obviously rent control maybe in like montreal toronto vancouver i mean these are expensive cities um and not that evident getting too much better but i've had a good deal you know i mean obviously i thought it was super weird being in a basement below daycare when i first moved in but it's kind of uh worked out for the most part and kept it affordable you know i'd say well, the thing is, I'm a terrible businessman. Zip, you know that. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> no, I,
0: think, I think you're a lovely businessman. I think a
1: you're a thousand bucks a week on movies every week. You know, I can't. I mean, yeah, granted, sure. Half of those are bought. I a lot of them are special orders, but that's still too much. I remember when I was at Black Dog Video and I was asking my friend Darren, who owned a time for advice when he's like, wait, how much are you spending a week on movies? I'm like, I don't know, twenty five hundred, maybe thirty five hundred. He's like, that's like our monthly budget, Kev. And I'm like looking at it like, yeah, but you got employees. I don't, you know, I mean, you, you probably have kids too, right? Yeah. See, I don't have kids, no wife, you know, my cat's fed. I'm good. You know, uh, there's just too many good movies. Got to get them all in. You know, it's like you said, Pokemon, got to catch them all zip. <laughs> I might go out of print. Um, you know, I was in, in a fairness, like my friend, Joe French, who, you know, used to be a regular here and come to our film best. Yeah. He owns, uh, he runs the last real store in stony Plain. Uh, I think it's stone. Oh, is it spruce grove? It's stony playing or spruce grove. I can't remember movie world. And so I think the front when he opened it up or took over, you know, I gave him that advice. I'm like, dude, just don't go into it. Expect, make money, but love what you do be fired up and passionate about it. And um, you know, it's, it, it sounds corny and stuff, but you know, you're having a bad day with whatever's going on in your, in your, you know, other life. But uh, the minute you get some customers in, you start talking that good movie talk. It, it just cheers you up. It's like your daily medicine you know i mean it's it's the verbal equivalent to a nice after work beer with a shot of jagger it just soothes you and that's how i know i still uh more or less uh, love what i do and also like i said right at the beginning of the interview i said uh you know after all these years 18 years you know if i paint myself in the corner you just you have to make the best out of it and you have to uh Look back and go well. Uh, let's see. Financially, made nothing, uh, but uh, I guess uh, what I've lacked in uh, money, I, I made up for in a cultural commodity. Was a word I, I was. I think that was a phrase I was taught once. Um, but uh, which you know, more or less, like yeah, I haven't made anything financially, but you know, I get. I guess the store has become part of the community, which is nice. I mean, every time the store seems to be in in some sort of financial peril and there's a post about it boy does people reach out to me and that that's, that that warms the heart me friend warms the heart indeed and uh well as you know met a lot of great people started the film fest with the store and all that jazz so you know there's there no money in that but it did open up roads to new and exciting ventures that, that also could add to the creativity uh, most importantly though every week I got a shipment of movies in and every week I open up that box and it's like Christmas morning for me as a kid, you know, I get that feeling even though I'm giving them a Chuck for like 3000 bucks, but it still feels like Christmas. Well, if that feeling ever goes away, then I'll have to reevaluate things. But 18 years later and you know, I think I've spent like, I don't know, close to 2 million bucks on movies (laughs) In that time. That's which is nuts. Hey, think about that. That's just bonkers. It's like, that's how much product has come in and through the store over, you know, almost two decades. Dear Lord, I've never had more than three thousand bucks in my personal bank account. I don't think concept of that. But there are two versions of work in this world. Generally, uh, there's the job that absolutely is the greatest thing ever. It doesn't feel like work, but the pay is very brutal, and you know, craft dinner becomes your best friend. Then there's the job that pays everything for you. And man, you know, financially, you are secure. You don't stress the world. Unfortunately, you got to wake up every day and go to that job. And you are the most miserable human being possible. and You cannot wait to escape it. Ideally, you'd like to be somewhere in the middle where it's like, yeah, the job's pretty good. Not not my perfect job, but I enjoy it. And the money's okay. Not not the greatest amount of money, but overall, I'm comfortable. Uh, But rarely do most of us find that middle spot. A job that I love. But there's no money, so I'll just you know, I'll I'll just work until I eventually pass away in my store. Hopefully watching a good movie. I'm gonna go with uh Bubba Hotep, I think. That'd be a good way to end it. That ending scene. <laughs> ending scene always gets me, zippy, where he's laying on the ground and he's looking at the stars. He's like, Still got my soul, baby. Still got my soul. And he sees the hieroglyphics go on the stars. For such a ridiculous movie, it's so darn heartfelt. That music score is a thing of you. I felt something inside grating against something soft. I felt like a water balloon with a hole poked in it. I was going down for the last cow. And I knew it. Well, I still have my soul.
0: It's still mine. Well, you know, you kind of alluded to it already, uh, Kevin. is the community of the store in itself. Uh, I uh, would refer to it as the clubhouse a lot of times. We met through that, but I think it was our paths were probably going to cross at some point. It was unavoidable. Can you talk to us a little bit about, maybe you don't have to go into like naming people, but talk about like some of those relationships that you found that were really important that maybe are those things where you're like, this is more than just... You know, slugging away on the minus thirty-five day when I know nobody's gonna be walking down white to come here. Like what are those moments in those relationships that you kind of really treasure without having to like, you know, talk directly about naming those people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have had some people that maybe don't live in Edmonton anymore, but they'll still mess me occasionally and send me like fond memories of like, you know, Kev, I was in a a dark patch in my life and I was living in Edmonton, but like coming to your store and just being able to chill out on the couch and talk movies with you and watch some schlocky horror movies like it meant more to them than i thought it did you know i wouldn't have guessed that of course just the obvious uh ones i remember you know young couples coming in here when i opened up and now they come in with their kids and i that that people get married and they want their wedding photos in here which was hilarious that one time because they were all dressed to the nines and the maids and Bridesmaids were coming in, like, what the hell are we doing here? They just didn't <laughs> and it was great because like the couple, one was a Freddie fan, one was Jason fan. And I came up with the idea. I'm like, why don't you guys sit on the couch and I'll pause it, Jason versus Freddie, right? When they're about to face off, and then you know, you got i be a good picture and stuff. And it was, and of course, I had like baby pictures here. You know, a couple wanted their infant child to get pictures here, so they put them on, you know, the cold concrete floor with a Chucky doll and the Elm Street house and you know, adorable. So those are things you don't know, think. Um having like like young kids uh with their parents come in, they drew me a picture of a alien or a predator, and I you know, I hang them on the wall, and uh you know it makes it makes the, the child's uh the young genre fans uh uh day and it, it definitely warms my cynical heart. So uh that's super cool. And then um from meetings like uh, you know an old longtime friend like like a Like with Derek starting the film fest, you know, that was through the store or uh, meeting Tim and Cody, you know, my, you know, young filmmakers through the store. Again, I try to not think about how how many years have gone by because I still feel like I'm, you know, 20, but uh, I am not. Uh, I'm not even 40 anymore. But, uh, you know, it's just like, but then you have, you have like the young guys come in or, or like, man, I remember my dad took me here. I just want to see you're still open and you are. That's awesome, dude. And I'm like, right on. I feel so old right now, but, you know, (laughs) it's given me what I hope to get out of it when I opened up. Well, I wanted money, too, but, you know, we can't have everything. But I remember when I was strictly working at bars, I just didn't. I wanted more purpose in life. You know, it's great to, you know, get people drunk or play their music for them. And don't be wrong, I, I still work in the bar industry, still love that that scene on my friends but it's just like you know if that's all you're doing four nights a week and I'm like yeah yeah the money's good but this is what I'm gonna this is what I'm about and I'm like I, but I have in the store you know which basically just bought myself another job at least I feel like you know it, it was it's a purpose it's like dudes call me you know the movie guy or video store Kev or, or whatever um I I hate being labeled, but that's a label I'm really cool with. If that's on my VHS shaped tombstone, I'm totally down with that, brother. You know, it's like, hopefully, I inspired uh, some kids to uh, appreciate some good cinema. And who knows, man? They might have had the next, like, um, you know, Eli Roth, Rob Zombie walk in the store, Wes Craven, you know, maybe they they went off and got fired up and went to Vancouver and got in the film industry. And you never know, right?
0: Well, speaking of the future of cinema, Kev, like, Mm -hmm. You, you alluded to Tim and Cody, right? And let's let's kind of talk about them and what you have going on with them. It starts as two guys who just walk into the shop They're and and they're just intrigued and uh, you make a connection a little bit younger and then they want to start making short films. And as you see the genesis of that happening, uh, they become much more more proficient at what they do as writers, directors, as effects creators. Um, And then it becomes, you know, a film that never quite got there. And then it's a series for TELUS that fully got there. It was incredible. And now it's evolved into something even larger that you are like just on the precipice of. So we don't have to go back into the full history of it, because I think that's something we've examined here before, even though somebody might not have heard that story before. Talk to us a little bit about this next step with the feature film that's about to make its premiere somewhere sometime this fall-ish. Yeah, that's
1: correct. Well, for those that have uh, not familiar with the story, I'll just give you the 20-second Coles book yes. version. <laughs> Running a film festival, we let local people enter with their short films. Every month, these two young gentlemen would win every month with their short films. Uh, needed filmmakers to help us out by doing a tribute video to one of our guests, Mr. Michael Beam, Terminator Aliens. Derek, my program partner, says Tim and Cody, they come in, we film. People were like, really enjoyed it. You guys want to film something else? So for a while, every month, we'd film our short, our short, our short. And then, um, yeah, it spawned into something else. And then um, the shorts got good enough that they got accepted at other film festivals in North America that took place here in the video store. You're right. We Got the silly idea to try to film the movie once in 2014 here at Edmonton. Didn't work out. A little bit too ambitious. Shot the Tell Us web series. That did good. Uh, we won the Ampia Award for that in 2015. And then after pitching it um, uh, to uh, a film market in Montreal during the pandemic. So we did it on Zoom here in the video store. So it was like, like the speed dating of trying to get people interested who have money or distribution. Um, it happened. And yeah, we flew to Hamilton last spring and we shot the feature film based on the short films that were shot in my real video store, except this time we had to build the store to replicate the real store on the other side of the country. And we were working with a totally Ontario crew and, um, yeah, the movies and the super post production. Yeah. And it, it's, it's very surreal. It's very surreal. Cause it, it, it literally will be 10 years, um, since uh, the short film uh, premiered and, and the name, uh, the working title is the last video store. And yeah, it it is premiering this fall uh, shortly. And then hopefully we'll get it here in our fine city uh, down the road. And next year we'll, you know, the the, the whole uh, circle of video store life will be complete when um, through hopefully a distributor, there will be Blu-rays on the shelf of the video store that this movie is based off of which would be really, really meta, my friend. But, um, yeah, we basically, you know, the plot doesn't matter. Basically, it is a a love letter, even though I hate that term. It's a love letter to video store culture from the the 80s and 90s, and and just B-movie shenanigans. So, yeah, hopefully people get a kick out of it. And like I said, uh, I guess it's the old saying, it's never too late, because if somebody had told me at the age of 47 years old, I'd be – you know, playing a grumpier version of myself, and uh, we shot a feature, and it's going to be playing at, uh, you know, some theater somewhere in the world for people to see, and hopefully more than one. Um, I wouldn't have believed it. It's it's going to be a niche movie, my friend. It's not going to be for everybody, but uh, I think anybody that enjoys coming to my store, they'll totally get it. They'll totally get what we're going for, especially if they've nerded out with me over movie talk. So yeah.
0: Well, you talked a little bit about like we we also should probably mention names as well. Uh, That's Tim Rutherford we're talking about and Cody Kennedy. There's also one other person that's been on this journey with you as well, too. And and we've had Tim and Cody and Josh uh, on the show as well before, too. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the importance of of all four of you and maybe some of those other people that have been involved in this journey, too. Like I
1: said, I wouldn't have met Tim and Cody if it wasn't for, you know, my old friend Derek Clayton, who's off to Vancouver and he works out there these days. Hope he's doing good. It's really bizarre because even though Tim, Tim, Cody and Josh and Josh, of course, is he's a great actor and he's he's played so many different versions in in all the shorts we've done. But he's been my co-star more or less. Whether he's playing a fictional '80s B movie star or a coworker in my store that like I can't afford to pay, you know, he's been there the whole way. And but the, the weird thing is, at least the way I look at it is, and I, I briefly had to live with them in real life too when uh, my marriage didn't work out. I need a place to live, right? So those guys were there for me, and that was we were just getting to know each other. That was like ten years ago, anyways. Even though they're adults, like they're I think they're all in their mid thirties now, I still felt like the old the old sage like i don't know not father figure but, but more like the grumpy bartender from my bloody valentine trying to you know to like i'm like ah they're a bunch of kids you know and uh but they're not kids they're adults but like man they if nothing else them uh along with so many other people i met in their circle of friends uh you know kind of re-sparked like the uh the love of like the process of maybe being creative or, or acting or even writing, you know, or coming up with stories like, you know, me and Tim would sit down and and, and he'd ask my opinion on it, or maybe Kev, can you give this a rewrite? Or what do you think? Maybe a line here, line there. I get all touched. Cause to me, those cats are so talented. You know, they're working in Vancouver for a reason for a while. I was like pretty convinced, like uh, they just keep putting me in the shorts. Cause they like feel bad for me, you know, or they feel like th- I- they're indebted to me because you know but then i actually started believing it when they're like you know, Kevin, you, you know you're know, you good at what you do man so this is uh this could be something special uh and if not it doesn't matter it already has been something special because uh thanks to all those guys they've given me a i hope it's not a once in a lifetime experience but if it is that's fine too you know uh, there's this journey and i can after 10 years i mean poof i mean that that's like Throwing the ring and Mount Mordor kind of journey. Like, we made it. We made it. I don't care if nobody sees this movie and everybody hates it. Actually, no, that's a lie. I want the producers to make their money back at least. But, you know, aside from that, we did it. And, uh, you know, the movie was made. And um, hopefully, if nothing else, people can, uh, in a crazy world that's way too serious, I hope we made the kind of movie where, like, listen, just relax, have a couple adult bevies, maybe smoke some weed and, just, just, just forget about the stress of life for eighty-five minutes and see some silliness. So, and I owe it all to those guys, and they've uh, definitely made me feel way younger than I, I should when I'm around them. You know, it's, it's going to be good to see them again. It's wherever this movie's playing. That's going to be a, a pretty awesome moment for sure.
0: For anybody that's like, tell me more, tell me more. I'd be like, look, it's it's coming. They're yeah. all in good time. This is kind of how it works. You have to kind of lay low before you hit the festival circuit and then once you talked about what you explained without getting into the to the weeds of it the distribution that's when they can start to do it because i know every time you post about it people are always like oh man i can't wait for it to come here or like when's it playing here and you're like i can't i don't dictate any of that at this
1: honestly every time i post like uh, i remember i'm like
0: am i even allowed to post a picture
1: you know like i tried to pay the most i did get i did get uh a little bit, a little slap on the wrist there a few months ago but, but at that time we were all posting stuff we had no nobody was telling us anything then they finally laid down the hammer with emails like guys no more posting so but i'm like yeah it's just a picture of me sitting on a couch i mean i'm literally doing that as we speak right now you know it's just that couch is brown my real couch is red but you know except i'm holding a beer in, in the picture too which i try not to uh promote drinking and working but it is what it is sometimes but yeah no it it sucks being vague but you're right all in good time you know i mean like i said it's what are we it's we filmed oh a year and five months ago now like that's crazy how like how long it's been but you know it's an independent project so the boys gotta you know they're they're in that post 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 production where like tweaking every bit they can and just trying to Make, uh, you know, something that looks more expensive than it actually cost. So we'll see how it turns out. And no, I haven't seen the movie and I haven't seen a single clip because I don't like looking at myself on screen. So that'll be interesting. Oh, <laughs>
0: you're, you're going to have to fully embrace that. And oh. um, as much, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but there has to be part of you. It's like tiny Kev, like little guy Kev that you take very good care of inside your soul. He's just going to, He's gonna lose his mind. Like that's gonna be incredible for the twelve-year-old inside of all of us to see that come to fruition. When it's not necessarily, you know, that's oh, I chose this field. I want to be an actor. I want to be in this kind of movie, and you hope that it happens like naturally, organically, got there, and that's the incredible thing. You know,
1: they always joke uh, with the Seinfeld reference. You know, you cramered your way into this. You know, like how did you know he just falls backwards into these situations because yeah there was there was no there was no interview there was no audition you know it's not how it worked it was just y- you meet good people and and the video store being uh the, the big thing to bring it together and um yeah it's it's crazy how it works out the way it's funny you mentioned the 12 year old inner kev though because i always said uh with all the cynicism in the world when it comes to movies and opinions on it and i've always used usually blame social media with that I said, if I could have one awesome, like, selfish superpower, it would be right before a movie starts. You just, you just touch your head, and all of a sudden, whatever you're watching, you are watching it through the eyes of the 12 year old you that loved movies that time. Because 12 year old you didn't care about the political background or the, the the internet online, you know, bitching or whatever. Like, you just loved movies. It didn't matter what you were watching. You were 12 years old. You were enamored in that movie theater. You know, I think my dad took me to like, you know, did I love 2010 in the movie theater when I was like eight? No, but it was space and it was still cool. It was in a theater. Man, I saw Amadeus in the theater when I was like eight. Did I understand it? Hell no. I was eight years old. Was I intrigued with the shiny flashing colors? Absolutely. Actually, I think I did enjoy it. I just didn't understand it. It, Movie's a masterpiece, by the way, years later. But you know what I mean. Anyways, it'd be so nice just to be able to turn off the cynicism and just like, I'm gonna watch it with young kev head, you know?
0: Want to break off ties that are provisional, that bind you to people that are provisional. That bond you to people that are provisional. Check the- Sure did, check that. You, you know, sometimes you, you gotta use head cleaner on VHS. Yeah, VHS, whatever you want, half inch, three quarter, beta. Excuse me,
1: where is your VHS section? Uh, Right over there. That's it?
0: (laughs) That's the only tapes you have?
1: (laughs) One for every person who still has a VCR. This is the one Vincent told me about.
0: Well, let's get in the Wayback Machine a little bit here as we talk with Kevin Martin on a very special edition of Moving Radio uh, where we celebrate the 18th anniversary of the Lobby DVD shop in Edmonton, Alberta. Um let's go back in the wayback machine and kind of, you've referred to dead fest a couple times i think it was an impressive feat as a mm-hmm. festival because not only were you bringing in films that had like that were on the festival circuit and gaining a lot of heat and you had them play before a lot of other places or before people really get their eyeballs on it on top of that You brought in some legitimate names and from my involvement with other places, that is not always necessarily an easy thing to do to get these people to come out here. So maybe just talk to us about some of your favorite dead fast memories for those of us out there that were at uh, every incarnation and what were some like highlights for you? We did Dead Fest uh, or a
1: version of Dead Fest from, what, 2007 right until 2019. So, yeah, that was a good uh, 13 years. Which started off at the old uh, Citadel Metro Theater downtown where, like, it was only fit 200 people. At that time, we were, like, begging for any movie that they people would give us. We were no, you know, we were unestablished, I suppose. And again, I have to give all the thanks to Derek Clayton because I, I really, you know, I was so busy trying to keep a store alive, but it was Derek who pushed me and was like, We we can do this, it'll be awesome. And like we can keep expanding. And and I told him, I said, All right, here's the deal. You be like Chuck D and I'll be the flavor flavor of this festival. All right. You got to do all the heavy lifting because I got to keep the store going. And he did. And, but through all that, as ridiculous as it sounds, one of my favorite memories is like the I remember the first movie we ever showed at Proper Dead Fest. And it was the most horrible, low budget. I don't think it's ever even got a physical release of a movie. Because back then we were, it was called Bubba's Chili Parlor. And it was literally a locally shot movie, I believe in Texas, that was about contaminated chili that turned people into zombies. It was atrocious. But you know what? that's why you serve beers in the theater and our crowd ate it up. They didn't care because it was just like, Hey, a horror movie. And besides we followed it up with a beautiful 35 millimeter print of night, night of the creeps of Tommy Atkins that same night, right after a lot of great memories. I mean, there, there was something, uh, that's where I knew it was communally spiritual. And it also the memories that I love of doing dead Fest is not necessarily about the movies, but a big thing, it's all about inclusion. And when I say inclusion, I mean, I remember so many people used to come to the store to buy their tickets and they'd be like, ah, Kev, I have nobody to go with. I don't know anybody. And I would sincerely tell them no bullshit. I'm not trying to sell a ticket is like you buy a ticket for the four or five day package or whatever. By the end of that week, you're going to have friends for life and you're going to come back the next year. And you're going to same people are going to be there because in between movies, you're going to be too busy debating and arguing why a movie was or was not good. You know, I'll always say, Zip. If we showed an average of sixteen to eighteen movies during the fest, uh, I hope you didn't like every movie. I don't want you to like every movie. If you were pleased with all eighteen movies, then I'm like, you're too easy to please. To be honest, I want debate. I want that movie was garbage or that we was amazing. And and speaking of uh, great uh, highlights, is 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 witnessing people literally. are... I remember when the Babadook. We had that that uh, closing ceremony, uh, closing screening in 2014 i think the theater was basically sold out it was closed 400 plus and now we're at the Garno on 109th and man you could just see the the division into people after that movie ended you know you did mention the guests we'd bring in and uh obviously michael bean from Terminator News will always be a a soft spot now because uh whether he's directly involved or not i'm pretty sure when the credits for our movie ends it'll say, we'd like to thank Michael Bean for making this possible. Because it, it technically is a chain reaction to Corporal Hicks or Kyle Reese coming to Edmonton. And it started the whole ball. One of the other perks, of course, of having the video store and doing the Film Fest is some of our guests were enamored more by, hey, we it's nice. I'm glad you invited me and, and, and so happy to be at your Film Fest. But wait, you have a video store? Can I come see it? You know and case in case some point would be when we had henry rollins in 2015 he just wandered into my store and and of course the irony was that, that he was in my store for like an hour plus and not a single customer came in it was just me and josh just kind of like and oh no one customer came in it was a good buddy of ours rod and uh he uh, he lost his inner monologue voice when he turned his head and saw him uh, i won't repeat what he said because uh, you have to bleep it out but it was pretty hilarious and even like one of my childhood crushes, Danielle Harris from, you know, from the Halloween movies, she came in the store. And then, you know, I think the coolest thing is bringing at the time directors that maybe we're not familiar with, but we, they, we knew they made a cool movie and seeing where they're at now. And, and one such director would be uh, the uh, Mexican director, Isa Lopez who made tigers, not afraid, which I absolutely love that movie. And I know I loved it because I watched a screener on my phone at three in the morning and it was subtitled. I sat through the whole thing. I'm like, we got to get this movie and look at her now. Also, the fact that she was in my video store later that night and we were here like six in the morning. She kept trying to seal my Phantom of the Paradise helmet. That was not happening. Not on my dime. But, you know, and what is she doing now? Well, she just finished directing Jodie Foster in season four of True Detective. And I'm like, that woman was in my store. That's the good mojo of the video store, you know. Or, uh, you know, uh, Ryan and, uh, Tim who made a low life, right. You know, they're in the store and then what, two weeks later, they're screening their movie in Chicago and there's Tarantino raising his hand to ask him a question, like power, the video store, baby. Dead Fest was, was a lot of fun, met a lot of interesting cats and the crowd participation and just whether it was the big fest or the monthly screenings, it, uh, you know, things happen and, uh, it gets a little bit too tough financially and, and lifely, my only regret is i wish i would have kept every gig poster we had you know bands keep all the gig posters got a good chunk of them and i've checked our our memory banks on the old group pages and stuff like boy it would be nice to print all those up and frame them going back in history you know make a little make a little tabletop book out of it but there is something really cool about curating your own festival but if you don't mind me saying i think uh with genre film festivals like that i I think streaming sites and streaming channels like Shutter, I think have God bless them, but I think they've taken some of the magic away. And what I, what I say that is a movie like it was starting in the last two or three years, Dead Fest, where we were all pumped to announce this movie, and it was already showing on Shutter, or it was like showing on some streaming site, or it was already on pirate. baby. we just downloading it. anyways. Like we, we we did It was getting tougher and tougher to find the movies where we got this before anybody else does before there's even a trailer, you know, and I found as, as the years moved on, it it became more challenging to, uh, to get them. And, and I I wish all the film festivals the best uh, these days, but I think we both know and, and hopefully things maybe go the other way around. But boy, I think that pandemic and people staying at home really kind of, you know unfortunately might have trained minds for people like to i don't have to rush out to the theater to see this you know i can it'll be on my streaming site in a couple months or whatever um, i mean even i feel bad uh, uh, guilty about it i I definitely don't go to the theater as much as i used to and i'm like dear lord did i get infected by it
0: too uh, but- I, I don't think as much i think it's just it's all about that accessibility for it right like uh it's it's just when it's at your fingertips, it's easy to just kind of reach for it, right? Yeah, but you know, that's that's the thing I think that's different is that myself, yourself, a lot of the people that you cater to, they're they continue to try to explore, yeah. so they're not, it doesn't end there.
1: Hey, anybody, anybody that walks into this store obviously wants to explore, it's just that simple. You don't have to come to the this- store. The minute they come in they they punch their ticket to I was gonna say, their ticket to paradise i don't know if it's paradise but their ticket to curio shop like vibes you know and that's the other thing zip as you know the store like if it I'm glad you were in here there other day because you probably know it's just more and more random stuff that is kind of built up around the movies in the shop and that's the cool thing like if nothing else represents 18 years of having the video store it's realizing that when I opened up, the the walls were bare for the most part and uh, there wasn't a lot of stuff. And now it's just like, there's so much random knickknacks and and all the stuff here. And when I tell people 90% of it, it's not me going out and buying the stuff. It's people gifting the store. The customers over 18 years have each lent their own brick into this building to build it, you know, to, to, to put their... Their stamp, and I assume they want to give this really cool figure or random vinyl or whatever because they want it to be displayed. They want to maybe it helps to feel like, yeah, I'm part of the store, you know, like I I gave something and it's 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 here to stay and um and
0: well, it's nice. I mean, I look at it as like it is uh it's a communal mu- museum. I mean, it's more yeah. than than retail right? Which is essentially what people might see at it on a surface level. But I think what you have built over the last 18 years is I've talked about it several times, spoke community, but in a lot of ways, it is kind of this like personal museum that, you know, these aren't just things that, that you got, they are things that people gave to you. There are things that are connections to events that you've had to people you've met and the store itself is not filled just with products to buy, but they're filled with, um, Cinema that we all have emotional attachments to or that we're going to get emotional attachments to. So I like to think of it as like it's a it's a living, breathing museum.
1: Yeah. That every item has a story behind it here in the shop. It, it has
0: a purpose and a reason.
1: And some are frivolous reasons. Some are actually quite heartfelt and uh meaningful reasons. Uh, and some, are, you know, believe it or not, you know, some are from you know customers that maybe aren't around anymore you know i mean that's their thing after 18 years you you always wonder what happened to like hey what happened to so-and-so he's coming here every week and then you find out family comes in and says just want you to know you know so-and-so is, is passed on but uh they always spoke highly of the store and uh that's that's also when it, it makes you realize that like oh maybe it is more than just a store you know it's and, and let's be honest; it's it's not set up like any modern uh, consumer uh, retail store that you know is the template for for most of the shops in in, in this you know mall or, or in this district. You know, it's a it's a good thing I'm in a basement. It matches the vibe, you know. Like it is, it is uh, like I always joke it it is a time capsule and a time warp. And and I don't say that completely jokingly. I, I mean it uh, because the people that that get the store when they come in. When I say their eyes light up, I'm not even exaggerating. It's not a metaphor. It's literally like some dude's eyes or dudette's eyes open wide, you know? And it's super cool. Also, it helps I don't let people talk about real-life stuff in my store. Like, you, as you know, no politics, no religion. Just movie talk. Let's keep it simple. (laughs) Unless the politics are all about a certain movie where it was politically driven and and it was a plot point in the movie. That's okay. Allow Uh that
0: yeah well let's let's let people know as we kind of start to wrap this up here is that like how i i don't know what the reach is sometimes i've had weird things where i'm like are you kidding me like did somebody in spain just click on this (laughs) like there are ways to reach you in edmonton locally you can find the lobby dvd shop where
1: yeah well luckily i'm still located in the same place after all these years uh I'm on 10815 White Avenue. Uh, Used to always say below the daycare, but the daycare is gone. So um, it's a basement store. Just look for the white sandwich board with the popcorn and soda. Guy outside and come on in. I'm usually here noonish till uh, seven. And unless it's a Tuesday, then my good friend Brian will be watching the store for me. God bless him. So I can have a day to my cat. Um, Yeah. and, And online, like. You're right. I do get a lot of messages from people that do not uh, live in Edmonton or even Canada. Uh, the website is thelobbymovies.com. I'm also on Facebook, and if you're on Instagram, uh, it's Video Store Kev, um, and you can follow my daily posts of what I'm watching at the store. And it's great to do that because uh, not a day goes by where somebody comes in and doesn't ask for whatever I watched yesterday. Not because they didn't know about it, but because they haven't thought about it in years. I'm just like, oh my god. I haven't thought about that movie in forever. So, yeah.
0: All right. Look, if you want to know more about the last video star, which is is coming soon, people, uh, maybe, you know, you follow Kev. That's a way to get in there, right? Maybe you start to, uh, you know, find Action Jackson out there on Instagram, because yeah. I feel like Josh is probably more prolific at posting than, than Tim and Cody are. Although, you know what? Cody's put up some yeah. cool stuff, too. Cody Kennedy. They're
1: all on. Those guys have totally bailed on Facebook, but I totally understand. I have the store. I have no choice but to stay on Facebook.
0: It's always good to talk to you because it doesn't it never feels like it's a stilted interview. This is always, you know, full disclosure a conversation between friends. So it's been uh, it's my pleasure to be able to celebrate what you've done with the store over the last 18 years. But I think on behalf of everybody, like we just appreciate, you know, how you've help be a conduit for a lot of those things that maybe uh we thought we were weird for liking and that you're like you this is there's more than just you <laughs> there's so many people for being the person that kind of has kept the love of physical media alive right and and the fact that it is something that is tactile that you can still go to a store and get you know just click buttons on your phone to order up i think you've also You know created an incredible community where a lot of people like you said before with some of those people are getting dead fest passes who get to um meet each other and i've definitely met so many people uh due to dead fest events and the lobby cinema so that you know i've made an enormous amount of friends just from knowing you and uh and going to the shop and being part of those things you've also let me talk to some really incredible people that you just mentioned there like you know i talked to michael bean on the phone and in person I met Henry Rollins, which was probably the biggest one. I was like, that was the one that scared me the most. <laughs> no, and my and fault. you you give me so much content, Kev. <laughs> you saved the show's ass literally many you, many times.
1: You're too kind, my friend. Uh Well, you know, it's like uh go with whatever your lot in life is, and you know, uh, like I said earlier, I'm totally comfortable with. This, uh, who I am, what I've done, and uh, whatever happens, the future happens. But, um, you know, I chose not to have kids in life because I'm an irresponsible man. So, I guess the store and those that it has inspired are kind of like my children. And, uh, real quick, I always like to say it's funny you mentioned the, the store being like a clubhouse, a community. Well, when I was a kid, uh, one of my favorite movies from the 80s, and you might know this one too, is The Monster Squad. When I was in grade six, living in Ontario, me and my buddies, we did our own monster squad. You know, we, we couldn't afford to build the tree house like they had in the movie. But um, in a weird way, 30 something years later, I think I built the ultimate tree house. It just happens to be in a basement. Um, but, um, you know, so monster squad we're all weirdos but uh, we love what we love and uh yeah uh, more. i'd like to call now more of the movie squad because you know it's not just horror movies uh I, I, you know as well as i do i get mistaken as the horror movie store guy 50 percent, guys the other 50 percent is just awesome movies so come on down for the the genre stuff or just come on down for the awesome stuff we'll just keep it going man we'll we'll keep it going until we ride off into the sunset like indian is dead
0: well, I am older, so I, I can be I can be uh Sean Connery at that point in time.
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'll definitely take it for sure. Talk it to you. And I know we're just friends talking because to be honest, I had to do a radio interview yesterday talking about the parallels of movies world and uh I had just had uh, wisdom teeth taken out uh two hours prior to that. And I'm like, I don't even know I'm gonna be able to talk right now and uh pulled it off. It's a little bit gargly on the phone, I'm sure. But uh, today, totally fine, and uh, I'm glad I was uh, tip-top and ready to go, because uh, talking with you is, it's like, uh, you know, grabbing your favorite uh, whole blanket and wrapping yourself around it, and uh, yeah, good things.
0: I really appreciate it, Kevin. I appreciate all the opportunities. I appreciate all the things you've opened my eyes to. I appreciate the conversations, and uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just glad it keeps going, and I'm so excited for what the next year of your life is going to look like in association to that film and who knows maybe there's somebody else who's following you around with a camera right Fred yeah uh boy
1: (laughs) yesterday hey what's new and exciting he messaged me while I was sitting in the dentist seat I was not going to text him back at that point so Mm -hmm. yeah it uh the cameras never stop you know eventually they are just gonna get bored of what I have to say I think I'm running out of stuff to talk about after all these years but put a mic on me and I'll just make it up as I go along and I wouldn't have it any other way. But speaking of having it any other way, as much as I love that store, I got to work at the bar tonight to keep this place going, my friend.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, if you don't see Kevin Martin at the lobby, you can see him at Tavern. you can see him at Black Dog. Uh, These are both lovely places or in Black Bar sometimes too. And, uh,
1: hey, if nothing else, I cannot wait till the, I believe the next time we'll talk on the radio. We might have a little bit more clarity on what's going on with a little film that we made.
0: I'm very excited. I hope it's me and several other very bigger uh, media outlets.
1: <laughs> well, I'm uh, just concerned about you first. You know, you always. <laughs> Order. So you get first cracked, my friend.
0: <laughs> that's very sweet of you. All right, Kevin Martin, on behalf of all the moving radio listeners and the hundreds of people that will click on this later or or listening to it right now, it's probably a dozen. Then uh we thank you for all that you've done. And if you want to thank them in person, I suggest you go down to lobby DVD shop and do that. And you know what? Purchase something. And if you rent something, bring it back. Yes, please. That's all Everybody, we ask. That's all I ask. Yeah. all Uh, right but happy birthday kev
1: thanks baby we'll talk to you it's a lot of yearning dr shivago you
0: know i don't do double vhs the customer wants to know where a movie is you've got to be prepared to tell him what section it's in sure okay for example if i were to say turner and hooch what would you say comedy close we've got a special section for dog pictures dog buddy
1: pictures (laughs) yeah well we kind of came here for skateboard dog two Oh yeah that's a good movie right yeah you got that one